You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. Welcome to the Week Ahead podcast with Chuck and Rachel. Uh, we are a day late getting this out. Apologies on that front. But uh, Chuck, how are you doing? What? Have we had a lot, a lot going on? <laughs> just a little bit. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm just looking out at the beautiful snow out my window. Uh, finally, it feels like winter and Christmas time. Well, it's warmed up to one below here. Oh my gosh. And uh, yeah, it was... Um, it's funny because I have these two white snow dogs and they like being outside and they're very happy this time of year. But mm-hmm. the one is 14 and a half years old. These Samoids usually live to like 11 or 12. So she is oh, wow. really old and doesn't move real fast. And and the other one, he's about 11 and he's really slowed down a lot too. And I go out and I brought them in today. I'm like, why don't you guys just come in and warm up? And they came in. And they were in five minutes and they were just antsy. They wanted to go back outside. So, wow. yeah. They're yeah. like from Russia, right? Or something like that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Samoids are, um, y- yes, they're a, a Russian, uh, you know, North uh, you know, Siberian kind of Russian dog. They're, they're not, um, a lot of people think like they're huskies and they're, they're not, and they're not Eskimos either. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're Samoids is the, uh, is the way that like my wife who has some Russian would say it, but, um, Samoyeds, so they like the snow. Yeah. They're, they're basically like worthless sled dogs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're not, uh, you know, I've seen people like use Samoids to pull sleds. Um, I, we've skied behind ours. Um, mm-hmm. ski jord, uh, is what it's called. And you know, that they're, they're mildly good at that as long as they're interested, mm-hmm. but, they're not like like a Malmute or a, a Husky. They're kind of like happiest when they're running. Yeah and, yeah. and mine love to run. I mean, they don't anymore. They're they're way run down for they. They're too old for that. When they were younger, they liked to run. Um, but they more than run. They like to kind of just explore and be. They're they're a little like higher up on the dog intelligence scale. So getting them to do work, it involves a lot of bribery more than, you know, like, like a, like an Eskimo just wants to, you know, like a, a Malmute just wants to run and pull. Like that would be a lot of fun for my dogs. It's like, eh, that seems like a lot of work. I'll do it for a bit, but you know, you, you gotta, you gotta, you're gonna have to entice me to get me to do more than that. So, (laughs) so let's talk about our trip to Chicago last week. The parts that we can publicly talk about at this point. Um, your, so Chuck was on a panel that, uh, f- was focused ostensibly on transportation issues, was hosted by a regional planning group in the Chicago area. But then, it I don't know, the panel didn't really end up being uh, a ton about transportation. Uh, it did end up being a bashing of regional planning. So it did. That was interesting. <laughs> the other yeah, people on the panel Yeah, I kind of led the, led the way in that one. <laughs> yeah, let's see. There was a woman who was a real estate developer, and then there was a guy who... I think it was had worked for government and planning for a long time. I don't yeah. remember what the hostess's background was. And then there was you. And beforehand, Chuck said, 
I'm definitely going to be like the contrarian here. You know, they always put me on these panels to be the odd guy out. But then I don't know that you were. I don't know. I mean, you said some controversial things, but I think that that the government based guy was a little bit more on the contrarian side. Yeah. It was. I, I, first of all, the, the room was packed. I don't know if you could tell that from where you were sitting, but there was, you know, people standing in the back and the aisles and it was pretty cool. Um, I, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a good exchange. The panels are always weird because, you know, they, they ask strange questions and you, you don't get to take the conversation where it needs to go. And then your answers, if you're a jerk, you don't get to like know what they're going to ask ahead of time. Yeah, we, I kind of did a little bit, but okay. you know, if you're a jerk, you talk and talk and talk and don't let anybody else talk. And I'm not a jerk. So I, I try to keep my answers like short, mm-hmm. but when you do that, you wind up with like the news article that came out a couple of days after, which was real, I think like short and pithy and, you yeah. know, made it, it, it lacked, a couple of quotes from you. Yeah. It lacks some substance. So I don't know. From where you sat, you, you, you said just a minute ago that I said some controversial things. Um, I didn't, <laughs> maybe controversial given the context. I well, don't think I said audience, anything. Like, it was a group of, you know, yeah. planners and government leaders and people invested in regional planning. So, yeah. right. Yeah. I, I think that the thing that I said that did make it into the paper that they, you know, lacked context in the paper, but I, I think is an important strong town's thought is the, the notion that we shouldn't just, you know, have a bunch of meetings and sit in a room and think that we know how to spend billions of regional dollars. We should actually go to the block level, watch and observe and see where people are struggling and then learn from that and, and kind of mm-hmm. work up. Um, and I, you know, I think people generally seem to be in agreement with that. Like they generally seem to be like, yeah, oh yeah, that, but the problem is, is in a group like that, there's not a lot of mechanisms to do that. You know, mm-hmm. um, we kind of have to rethink those systems a little bit and that's a, that's a challenging thing. Yeah. I think besides the pushback on regional planning, there was also, I mean, the whole event was framed as, I think it was like planning for 2050 or something. It was like these yeah. way far out, you know, <laughs> growth based projections, which, I think that you're probably not the biggest fan of. No. And I, I try to make clear, you know, we look back 30 years and are astounded by the changes. I mean, just really the, the smartphone, it, 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 you don't even look back 30 years, you look back five years and how that has changed and, and, you know, kind of reshaped the way we look at cities and the way we access things, the way we find things. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of changed, you know, the, the old realtor adage of location, location, location is, is a lot different now today when, you know, you, you can find things on your smartphone and get there, uh, despite, you know, it not being at the intersection of first and main, you know, or the, mm-hmm. the two highways at the interchange, uh, you, how could you look out 30 years and, and I think this is the this is the problem we run into with long-term planning and regional planning and and really the way we've set up like our transportation funding we're making decisions that we expect to be there 50 60 you know 80 sometimes 100 years from now and not only are we incapable of telling what's going to happen in the next 30 years but we're incapable of really describing the next 5 
Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the, 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 the engineer pushback to that is, well, Chuck, you know, we, what are we supposed to do? We do the best we can, but someone's, you know, at some point you've got to make a decision. And, and the answer to that is no, in the system we have today, you have to, but that's why we have to rethink our system. You know, you, 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 you can't have a system that says, you know, we, we really, in order to make this work, have to know what's going to happen over the next 30 years. But we can't really tell beyond the next, you know, six to 12 months with any real confidence that, that, you know, so we, so therefore we must guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, money on yeah. the answer, I guess, you know, put as much, you know, veneer of professionalism to our guess as we can. Uh, to me, that's a, that's a dumb system. You know, you, you need a system that's resilient and adaptable. I mean, that, at the end of the day, that's really the answer is that, you know, it, when you can't do projections, you need things that will adapt. And, and we just created this real dumb system that is incapable of adapting. Yeah. What did you think of that event? Well, for me in the audience, it was interesting because at this point, I've heard the curbside chat a couple of times, several times and, you know, watch the videos and everything. So for me, it was cool to see you talking not in the curbside chat format and like, you know, using strong towns principles, but answering different types of questions. I don't know. Yeah. I liked it. It was, it was interesting. I do have a recording of it. Maybe. Oh, we okay. should, should, yeah. I did I actually hit record on my phone and, and record it. So I don't know how well it turned out, but yeah, I wanted to be able awesome. to, <laughs> if something crazy went down, I wanted to be able to <laughs> have that. Um, so we'll did see. Did you think something crazy was going to happen? Uh, you, you never know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like people yelling at each other and saying outlandish things. I'm Minnesotan, so not too much yelling, (laughs) but, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, there certainly has been times when there was some, you know, incredulity perhaps. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, what you, you remember back when I was on that panel with, um, the the head of the Iowa DOT. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't there, but yes, I remember yeah. what happened. And I mean, I, I, I was just recording that, and then all of a sudden, he, he says this remarkable oh, thing. Okay. Yeah, and then I, I asked, I mean, I kind of went out of protocol and asked him a follow-up, and he mm. answered it, you know, and it's like, yeah, we're going to be shrinking our system, we're going to have fewer roads, we're going to, yeah, and to me, that I mean, that made national news, actually, when we published it. It was a pretty big deal. Mm. So you never know when that kind of thing will happen. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about the article that you wrote uh, for Monday, uh, a pretty heartfelt. Uh, oh, come on. The year. What? You make What's it. Come on? <laughs> was it heartfelt and weepy? No, not weepy, but just <laughs> it, it wasn't just like talking about dead and how our cities are falling <laughs> apart and stuff. It was like. Yeah. Thank you to our strong towns members for being part of this organization. You know, the type well, of feelings that we have at this time of year. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm in kind of reflective mood anyway. Yeah. Um, last night I was, uh, I was late at my old house, uh, cleaning out the very last stuff. Um, a good friend of mine went with me and helped me, um, get like the last of the big dressers and all that. We, when we moved this summer, we had to keep a lot of our furniture over there. Um, for staging purposes so that it didn't look like an empty house when you walked in. And so since we sold on it, we close on it tomorrow. Uh, since it, 
seemed clear that it was going to go through, we've been kind of moving some of that stuff over. And the first wave was the stuff that was really nice to have, uh, like our kitchen table. Um, (laughs) cause we, yeah, we, we've been using like a folding card table, uh, since July. Yeah. (laughs) And so now we have like a real kitchen table. We actually have like couches in the house instead of folding chairs. So, you know, the quality of life in the Marone household has improved substantially over the last three weeks. But the, the last of it was some stuff that we can't use in the new house. Like we had, uh, over time I had uh, purchased a log bedroom set. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, one piece one year and then another piece the next year and all that. And, you know, it has really does not work in our new house. And so we've been trying to sell it and we couldn't. So we had to go like bring it all back and is, you know, 10 below and we're hauling stuff and ugh, it's just a nightmare. Uh-huh. But yeah, I, I, we brought the family over this weekend and cleaned up and, and got the last of the stuff out. And my girls walked around and were crying and, you know, my Stella took the, uh, my phone and went and like dictated her memories of her room. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, and it was like, you know, I mean, understand. And we talked about this as a family too. I said, you know, we're, we're, we're all together. It's not like anybody's gone. You know, we moved from one nice house to another nice house. So it's not like we're, you know, destitute. Yeah. Our house didn't burn down. I mean, imagine people whose houses burn down and lose everything. You know, we're, we're, none of that has happened to us. So we have the luxury of being nostalgic about it. But still, you know, everybody was kind of in a nostalgic mood. So when I sat down Sunday night to write my Monday piece, I was going to write about Dallas and their discussions of bankruptcy and all that. And I I just couldn't get it out of my head. And I decided, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful. And I'm, I'm very thankful not only about, you know, the opportunities that I've, I've had, um, but I'm just thankful for the opportunity to do this. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, you've been with me uh, a few times over the last year when I've been able to go out and, and speak in places and meet people and, it's, um, it's overwhelming. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't say it enough. I, I literally started writing back in 2008 because, uh, I was frustrated and I thought I'm, maybe I was crazy. And I thought, you know, I, I, I was getting nowhere, uh, kind of, you know, pounding my head against the wall. And I, I, I really, I won't say it was a midlife crisis, but it was like one of these things where like, you know, the world does not make sense to me. I feel very alone. Um, you know, I, I'm going to write these ideas out because I, I think that that will help me almost like therapy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now I look back today and you know, we have almost a million people who read our stuff this year. Um, you know, we, we, I have in person met thousands of people this year and, you know, we're talking about a, a different vision for America, a different vision for the way things should be. And it, it's, it's the vision that I've had in my head. And, and all of a sudden I'm not crazy, but there's all these people out there who kind of share in that and, and not only sharing it, but are helping to build it and helping to make it better and helping me to understand more and, and, uh, you know, become a better person. And, and I just, I'm, I can't express, uh, how much that means to me and, and, and how much it, it means to my life. 
I, I think about, you know, me being a bad engineer sitting in a room calculating, you know, pipe inverts and, and road grades. And, and it just, it was like a, a life that I was not made for. And this has been fulfilling beyond anything I can, I can possibly express. And I just, this time of year, especially feel very grateful for that, that opportunity. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. This is a dream job for me, and I love working for Strong Towns every day. Well, I'm so happy that you're here too. You know, you, you kind of uh, you kind of made it sound mysterious, like we were in Chicago on some secret mission that we can't reveal. And I think maybe I will say this, uh, so people don't think we were like you know plotting the overthrow of Chicago or something. Um, <laughs> we we were having a staff retreat. And we had some new staff members there who are going to be starting the first of the year. We have two new people who are going to be with us uh, the first of the year. I'll wait until then to make some announcements on, on who and in what capacity. But we're really excited about that. And, um, you know, think it's going to add a lot to what we're able to do uh, for our members, what we're able to do for our message and, and the people we're going to be able to reach um, we went through this long interview process and, you know, it, it's kind of this big reveal where we don't know who anybody is until we get to the very end. And yeah. so it's, it's a little like Christmas, you know, when we do this, because it's like all, all we have are email addresses and, and their submissions. And then when we get to meet people at the end, it's this wonderful experience because we interviewed five people and I thought they were all fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, we wound up hiring uh, one full-time and, and one part-time that will hopefully work into a, a full-time position. And uh, I, couldn't be, I couldn't be more ecstatic about it. Yeah, me too. I'm excited for them to get started. Mm -hmm. So the last, uh, last week and this week, we've been sharing our best of 2016 content on our website. So I encourage everyone to check those out because it's, it's fun to be able to look back and review uh, all the stuff that we're most proud of and the stuff that generated a lot of conversation this year. So I encourage everyone to visit our website to check that out. I've got my book recommendations coming too. Oh, tomorrow, right? I hope. Is that what you got it scheduled? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, I definitely can have it done by tomorrow. I've gone through all of them and decided it was a tough, it was a tough, um, it's a tough deal. Uh, I read so many, I, it felt like I didn't read a lot of books this year. And then I realized now I read three fewer than last year. So I guess I did how, read a lot of books. How many year. are you going to put on the list? Um, I'm going to put five. Oh, wow. Okay. That is narrowing it down a lot. Yeah. So I think I, I, I think I was 58 books this year. So, Whoa. um, yeah. Do you want to, I mean, I, I, I don't know how much crossover we have from this podcast to the, the, the site, but I can, I can go through them yeah. now if you want real quick. My, my top book of the year. Tell, I'm going to let you guess what the top, what my Hillbilly top elegy. No, I've got that as number five. Oh, okay. I didn't realize they were in order. Okay. Um, uh, that other one, strangers in our own land or whatever. I've got that as number two. Yeah. Okay. So what's number one then? Uh, the Tomas Sedlacek, the economics of good uh, and evil. Okay. Okay, cool. And the, the, the thing about that book, it's, it's one of these, I, I, I feel a little weird. Um, to me, it was like the most important book I've read in a long time. It was fantastic. And it, it filled in so many gaps for me. It was, it was, it was just so pivotal in my life. Um, it was a, it was a great book. 
um, I feel a little weird recommending it because it is a hard read. It is, um, not, it is not an easy read. It took me like two weeks and really it, it, you know, a book that size should have taken me like four or five days. It was just really tough to get through. And I, I found a lot of times me myself reading whole sections over again, um, just to try to, to get it. And part of it was that it was written in Czech and then translated into English. So I, I'm guessing like, you know, some of the, the nuance in Czech is, is there. Mm-hmm. Um, but not, you know, but not in English. And it also, it was a little bit like Nassim Taleb's books where it, it you know, it could have used an editor, <laughs> you know, it, it's not very tight in terms of like its construction, the thoughts kind of wander and, and then collide back into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so good. Oh my gosh. I learned so much in that book and just got so much out of it. So if you, if, if it interests people to dig into something like that, um, strangers in their own land was fantastic. And I, I can't recommend that enough. Um, and you know, Hillbilly Elegy I've, I've got in, in five. And I, I think those two books are kind of the Hillbilly Elegy for sure. And strangers in their own land to, in a bit are kind of like the two political choices of the year. I think, mm-hmm. you know, people who have been, uh, engaged in politics and public policy. I think those are two books that have risen to a lot of the top of a lot of people's lists. Um, the the other two that I've got in the top five is the the new Jim Crow, which I know has been out for a oh, while. Oh yeah, you did read that this year. I read yeah. that. It, it, that was that was so good, and I'm going to write a little bit extra about it in the piece, um, just because I, I think it's an important book. Um, but it was so good, and it, it really, um, you know, my engineer mind got it, and and it it really kind of transformed the way I look at things in a mm-hmm. in a healthy way. And then the, the, the last one that I'm going to include in there is a book called the almost nearly perfect people. Oh yeah. I just reserved that from the library waiting for it. I have to say it was, it was probably the most fun book I've read this year. Um, the writing is, is light and easy and self-deprecating and it's, it's hilarious, but it's also, you know, well-researched, well-documented, well-written, um, it, it is a, it is a really, really good book. It's about, it, it's, it, it's about the Nordic experience. It, it's, it's basically, he, he calls into question, uh, how much of a utopia the Nordic countries really are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I remember during the election season, we were talking about how, well, Finland has, you know, their school district is this and that, and Norway has oh. these great social programs and always. He, yeah. He kind of rips that apart and, 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 and does it in a real like loving, friendly way. But then by the end of the book kind of ends up like affirming a lot of it. Mm. And it really is, it really is beautifully written. And, and maybe, maybe just cause I'm, you know, of Nordic descent and like the humor, it was, it was English humor with like a Nordic backdrop to it which to me is like the two perfect, uh, perfect cultural intersections for my brain. But, uh, I, I loved it. I thought it was a great book. Nice. Yeah. I'm interested in that one because, uh, in college I did this semester program in Washington, DC, where 
there were a good amount of international students and a lot of them, a lot of the ones in my program were from Norway. And so like, we'd be talking about some like political social issue in America and they'd be like, well, you know, in Norway, such and such, and we just do it that way. And it's so great. And yeah, <laughs> that got a little old after. Right. After a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the one thing that he acknowledges like right away, it's, 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 it's very easy um, and, and actually, uh, Jonathan Haidt, who I've been referencing uh, last month a few times, makes this point too. He's like, it's, it's very easy to share in a society where everyone is kind of just like you, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, it, it is, uh, sociologically it's, it's, if you're going to do like mass redistributionist kind of policies, um, those work, th- those are much easier to get work to get, you know, to be able to implement, uh, in a society where it's pretty homogeneous. Um, you don't have to overcome a lot of other things, uh, in order yeah. to do that, that you do and in a, a more small, melting pot, small population, small geographic area. I mean, you yeah. know, these aren't tiny countries, but they're much smaller than the United States. Oh yeah. No, no, very much so. Very much so. And, you know, I think one of the, you know, Obviously, this has been a, a, a tough year in terms of our national dialogue. Um, I think this book kind of helped me to understand not only how great, you know, the, the American melting pot is, uh, but also the, the struggles and the challenges that it creates, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like to talk about being Minnesotan, and, and there's something, you know, I mean, you're from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I, I accept you as a, as a Minnesotan, even though you've left and gone off to distant. I'll come back. I like Minnesota. You, you've gone off to distant lands, um, <laughs> you know, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. it's basically Minnesota. <laughs> uh, basically, it's like Minnesota light, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I there's there's something that we kind of hold here that we're you know culturally different in a way, and it's not a like a superior kind of thing. Um, but you know, th- there is the whole Garrison Keeler line. You know, our children are above average. And we chuckle because, you know, we, we, we chuckle at it because mathematically it's a stupid expression, mm-hmm. but we also chuckle because we kind of all think it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you, every, every place has its own like thing like that. And, um, yeah, I, I, I found <laughs> th- that, that book to be enlightening and, as well as entertaining. So you're, you're going to have a lot of fun with it. Uh, I want to welcome our newest members to Strong Towns. Last week, um, the following people joined us. Jane Wilson from Dowagiak, Michigan. George Proakis from Melrose, Maryland. Robert Jerzemski from Charlotte, North Carolina. Joyce Tangboyland from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I know her. Uh, really? Nicolette wow. Wagner from Corning, New York. And... Dave R. Malay from Pasadena, California. I'm sure I pronounced some of those names wrong, but I am so happy that you guys are all members of Strong Towns. Yes, thank you. And and for those of people who are waiting still for their books, um, they're I on should, their way. <laughs> it, all of them are out the door. I I autographed 180, I think, books. And I didn't just like sign my name. I actually, I mean, I actually sat down and wrote like a, a, a message in each of them. Oh my gosh. And, okay. Yeah. I mean, no wonder it took forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause I, first of all, I had to order extra books and oh. second of all, 
I, I had to, I, I wrote in each one. That was kind of what I said I would do to myself. And, and then I discovered like partway through the process that each, uh, envelope required not only sticking a label on it, which you had prepared and sent to me of, of all the people who would get them, but I had to stamp, um, a return address. I had to stamp a little stamp that says media mail, um, the post office requires. And then I had to put three postage stamps on each one, which was a total pain in the butt. Um, I had like nine steps I had to do for each of these. So it became this, I would stay up late at night and watch, you know, a a movie and, and do like 50 a night. And it was just like, ugh! I finally, finally got through them and got them to the post office today. That is good news. Yeah. I want to mention to everyone that, um, you're probably aware that we're planning our, uh, 2017 strong town summit, uh, which I'm really excited for. And we just released the ticket, uh, ticket purchasing capacity on Monday. So, uh, if you're a strong towns member, you should have gotten an email about that. Cause we're currently, we're only opening it to members for now. Uh, and then a little bit in a, in a few weeks, probably in early January, we'll open it up to the general public. But if you would like to make sure you get on the list and are able to attend, we think it's going to fill up pretty fast. So, uh, cur- highly encourage you to become a member and then you'll, you'll get access to that. And you also get $25 off the price. So, uh, it's pretty, pretty good deal there. We've kind of been and going back I'm and forth for it. Yeah. We, we, I know we've kind of been going back and forth between, you know, how, cause there's a limited number of people who can attend. Um, yeah. Yeah. Know. Based on our, our space and our own capacity as a staff to lead this. Yeah. Well, and the, the way we've set up the agenda, this is not a like series of lectures. Um, you know, the summit is going to be some sharing of information, but it's also going to be a lot of us, talking and figuring things out in groups of people and debating issues and, and, uh, you know, trying to reach some consensus about things. And so, Mm uh, you know, with that type of a format, we can't do, you know, that we've got to limit the size. So I want to say there's going to be 175 tickets available. Is that what we've put out there? Yeah, that's what we're currently at. And then I'm, I'm working with Sarah Kobos, who is our Tulsa, uh, member extraordinaire who's helping to plan this. And, uh, depending on if we're able to get a, a bigger space, then we may be able to expand it later. But for now, yeah, we've got 170 tickets uh, available. And we have over, we have like 1650 members. So I, I don't, yeah, I mean, do the, math the, on that. <laughs> yeah. So the thing I've been thinking is like, are we going to even be able to open it up to non-members? Um, you know, we may wind up with like a ticket shortage. And so I, I guess, yeah, yeah. if, if you That's are a member and you want to come and you've not gotten your email, maybe you unsubscribe to email from us at some point, or maybe it's not going to your inbox. But if, if you're a member and you want to attend email Rachel or, or myself, and we'll get yeah. you the link to the sign up, and you should yeah, do, do that it, pretty do soon. <laughs> yeah. Do it now. Um, I'd really hate for people to get too far down the, the path and then not, you know, want to go and, and not be able to. So, yeah. And I think, you know, depending on how much interest there is and, and if a ton of more people want to attend, you know, we can think about a different type of format next year that can include more people. But for now, 
these are these are our limitations. And yeah, I think it's going to be a really good event. I've been having conversations with a lot of people who are interested in presenting and working with Sarah on all the details. So yeah, it's, I'm I'm excited. And no, I'm, I'm also excited, excited to be able to meet so many of our members that I talk to online or on the phone, but I never have met. So yeah, that would be a good well, aspect of this well, personally. I, I, I like the preliminary agenda that we put together too. And I, I think it captures, you know, a, a good mix of being able to, I, I think, share some, some high level information with people and then also really tap into the genius that is out there in our membership uh, to help us, you know, make some powerful statements on transportation policy. So yeah, this is going to be, it's going to be great. And we're going to stream it too, right? I mean, as much as we can. Yes. Well, we have to figure out how that will work, but oh. I'm, I'm hopeful that we can make that happen or at we'll least make, we'll make parts that happen. of it. Yeah. yeah. And there will also be, we'll be publishing written pieces and, you know, maybe some podcast interviews uh, in the lead up to the event. So there are going to be other ways to plug into what's happening right. and we'll record a live podcast interview at the summit. Hopefully at least one on a completely different note, Chuck, how is the cookie baking going? How many, <laughs> how many cookies have you made so far? Um, like how many different kinds? I want the different kinds, but also the total number oh. of output. <laughs> yeah. I, like, you know, is it in the thousands? No, gosh, no. I, th- this is, Okay, this year has been kind of tough. One, because I've I've had all this other stuff. Um, you know, we had the trip last week and then uh yeah. I've had all this moving stuff and I spent the weekend moving things and so I've been a little I've only gotten through three different types. I, I, I made a list and I'm making twenty four different types of, of oh cookies gosh. this year. Wait, is it just you or do any of your family members help? Um, depends on what you mean by help. <laughs> <laughs> Like do anything more than eat the cookies. Um, well, okay. Let me put it this way. I involve my children in this process. Yeah. Um, I would not call that help. <laughs> is um, it like licking the spoon after everything is done? No, or? no. The, the, I, 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 you know, I, I have them actually like do things, but like, it would be like, you know, measure this out and, or, yeah. you know, help me put, uh, you know, this decoration on this thing. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's that's more helpful. like, that's helpful. well, it's, yeah, it's, it's actually not really helpful. Like if but you it's, did it, you could do it faster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's nice family time. Well, that's um, important. Yeah. So we do some of that. Uh, the, the, the thing is like, logistically, this is a tough year, um, because Christmas is on Sunday. Yeah. It is a weird year. Yeah. And I have this, okay, so this is the engineer part of me. Baking is like my art form. It's like my, like, you know, my way of expressing things. I, oh, I yeah. actually love, I just love baking. It's very fun. Me too. So the problem we have this year is, is I, I always shoot for peak freshness on December 24th. Mm-hmm. So everything would be like, I finish everything up on the 23rd. Uh, I usually go to the post office and put a bunch of packages in the mail on the 23rd. The idea is that like at the evening of the 23rd, the morning of the 24th, that's when like everything would be the freshest. And Mm -hmm. the problem you have is that some things, you know, you, you can't make everything on the 23rd. There's just like not enough time in the day. So you have to make the things early that will freeze well. And you know, the things that don't freeze well, you have to make at the very end. And so that, that gives you this like logistic problem that goes along with this. Well, 
when Christmas is on like a Tuesday, for example, which is like the best day to have it on for, for mm-hmm. baking. Then you, you bake get, all weekend. Oh, you get this whole weekend before and you get like all the, you basically get like the prior weekend, uh, the week before that. And then the week, so you get like 10 days in a row of baking. So mm-hmm. easy when it's on Sunday, you don't get Saturday to bake. Um, cause Saturday we got all these other things to do. Friday is like the day of delivery. I mean, that's a day we're like hanging, you know, delivering to people and going to the post office and all that. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden now you're, you know, basically you have two weekend days of the, you know, of the 10 days prior and it just really crimps things. It makes it a lot more challenging time-wise. Plus this Friday is my wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. How um, many years? Well, I'm, f- my wife and I are both 43. Uh, we've been married 21 years. Wow. So we got married as like young, young, young people. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, I've, I've got a weekend full of like, this is my weekend to bake and I have all this stuff to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So 20, I've got, I've got 21 different kinds yet to make. And, uh, that, that may be optimistic, but I'm hoping by tonight to have that list down to 19. So, so you say that you put some boxes in the mail. Uh, is there any way that one of those boxes could come to Milwaukee, Wisconsin? I don't know. (laughs) I have a huge sweet tooth check. Do you really? If there's any leftover, would Um, deeply appreciate it. Are you going to be in Milwaukee though on the 24th? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm around. It's interesting because I, I, I do, I mean, I have certain family members that I send them to and, um, you know, certain, uh, like neighbors, we have these neighbors now and I'm like really excited to share cookies with them. Yeah. Uh, it's a very neighborly thing to do. Uh, but I also, I, I, I do try to every year. Um, there's always people throughout the year that like, l- let me stay at their house, mm-hmm. um, you know, do something like incredibly generous. And I try to keep like a list of those and, and then send them cookies at the end of the year. And it's, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I think the great thing about it is that it's usually not expected. Yeah. 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 So it's like, you know, here, um, and then all of a sudden this package shows up and it's, is you know, really great tray of cookies that you, you weren't anticipating at all. And I just, it gives me like a little bit of joy. So this is, well, we'll have one podcast on Thursday, but otherwise we are going to be closing out for the year until we come back in January. So, uh, yeah, we should, you know, sign off and say our goodbyes to our podcast audience and hope everyone has a wonderful holiday. Well, that tradition of taking the last two weeks of the year off is something I started back in 2009. (laughs) Good tradition. You know, I think it is. Um, I I know, you know, we've gotten to the point now where people actually complain a little bit, like, where'd you go? Um, But for the most part, people are not reading and, uh, you know, are doing other things as we are. And so I I think it's healthy for us and I think it's healthy for everybody to to just step away for a couple of weeks and think about other things and and let your mind wander a little bit. And uh, we'll be doing that here. And I, I hope everybody out there does it, too. Yeah, and um, if you're missing our content, I guarantee there's a podcast or an article this year that you probably didn't get a chance to read at some point because <laughs> we produced a lot. So feel free to go back and review. Very true. 
Very true. And if, it, you know, if not, you can just read the last two weeks, which have been largely best of stuff that I think is, is well worth reading again. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, um, thank you everybody for listening and, and being part of this. We started this week ahead podcast about a year ago and, uh, wanted to do that so that we could get out of the interview format and actually have a conversation about the movement and the people and, and, and the stuff that's going on. And, and I hope everybody values that time. I, I think it's been really good. I've gotten a lot of good feedback about it. So okay. yeah, it's kind of sad to finish the year up though. You know, I don't know if you um, feel that way. I don't know. I'm pretty excited for 2017. I think we got <laughs> a lot, a lot of good things planned, especially with our new people joining the staff. I am excited too. I, I I generally, I have this like melancholy period at the end of the year where it's like, uh, you know, it's just, you know, another, it's fun. I I love it. It's a lot of, I'll be, I'll be energized come like, you know, January, December 30th, 31st. Like then Mm -hmm. I'll be like, yeah, can't wait to get back. All right, everyone. Well, have a great whatever holidays you are celebrating, Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's, uh, and we'll see you in 2017. Yep. See everybody. Take care. Keep working to build strong towns. We need your help. If you think the strong town's message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at strongtowns.org. 